Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Well, I'll tell you, it's nice to have, I love composers. I love having him on the podcast. I've been talking to composers for years and I love it. Matthew Carl Earl, it's great to talk to you. Uh, you've scored some amazing games and, and projects. It's just, and congratulations for the Gang Award too. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. You know, I got to ask you, it seems like you approach your projects on an emotional level. Is that pretty accurate, would you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like any art, you kind of have to get a little bit emotionally invested into it. You know, it's kind of like acting. Yeah. In a way where it's like kind of fun, where it's like you get to put on this emotion. It's like I get to get really into this and just try to feel that way. You know, it's. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. I think one thing that stands out to me, I thought it was really an interesting way of doing it. On one of the videos on your website, and, and everybody should visit that site because it's really cool, but essentially uh, you have choirs. You have the men on one side and the women on another instead of mixed, and that creates a whole nother sound. And to hear the two different choirs you know, each having their parts. That was really brilliant, I thought. Uh, what led you to that direction? Was it just, you know, the, the 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 music itself? Or it was like, hey, how about if I try this? And that kind of thing. I mean, honestly, separating them groups, like by voice type and soup, like like tenors and basses. And then, yeah. yeah, and then the sopranos and altos. It's like grouping the women and the, and the men together. That's kind of like a more traditional way of doing it, honestly. Yeah. So that, that's like the mixed choir is more of a new thing that some people are doing just to try to get that blurred sound. But for like the pieces that are on my website too, it's, it's kind of like um, one's written in kind of more, a more church style, which is like very, you know, like very like the sacred type music. So I did want to have really clean voice lines, you know, mm -hmm. so you can kind of hear the, the counterpoint and the other is more like a folk song. So they're, they're very traditional <laughs> style music. So I did want to have the separation of the voices, you know, I also I, I I do like that style of mixing of things too. Is just really clear voices panned around. But special I'm doing though. It's it's a, that's a pretty it's a pretty common thing. Yeah, well, you know, I I I rarely see it. You know, these days. So uh, if it if it was done in the past, I'm sure it was. But that's wild. It, you picked up on that though. You are yeah. You a, you a musician yourself? No, I'm not. I I you know I just love music. So uh, since I was young, I, I just don't have the dexterity to play anything. And so, so, but I can be a very good fan. <laughs> so, and, and I like that. The music I like the most has textures to it, if you know what I mean. It, oh, yeah. It's like all the different levels. And I'm always fascinated with like how you write a piece for a certain instrument. And maybe by itself, it doesn't sound anything special, but when you blend it in with the others, and layer oh, okay. it on top of each other. It's absolutely fantastic. So I've always uh, liked that. I'm all about that. I mean, what I was just doing today, I mean, you know, just <laughs> you can, like see what's on the floor behind me. I oh, just cool. have random, random stuff, some like flutes and guy here got a ton of woodwinds. Nice. But, nice. but uh, no, I, I'm definitely into just recording whatever random sounds and then just seeing how that can be fit into a texture, you know. Is so, that a mandolin there too, by the way? That this guy is an oud. A nude. Oh, okay. A little similar, but it's kind of like they've got doubled strings. So that kind of has the uh -huh. chorus effect on it. So it's similar to a mandolin, 
but um but nylon strings it has no frets mm-hmm. so it's really fretless it's very hard to play i can't play it well at all but i wow but I get a couple sounds out of it for what i'm doing do you like manipulate your your instruments a little bit like a- after recording them and maybe altering the sound a little bit depending on what you know piece you're working on oh yeah for sure yeah always try to manipulate things with like pitch too because um what i was doing just early today i was doing like a fantasy a fantasy game too you know just like trying to match the different cultures and like the different sounds that they have that are you know not real you know obviously but then you know have like loose basis in you know real cultures in the world so using instruments from that loose basis of culture but then manipulating them into a way that's kind of new is is fun you know so i'll take something like this the zerna you know and i'll pitch it in weird stuff you know that make it play notes that it can't normally play or something you know that makes it sound like it's derived from the real world but then it sounds fantasy you know cool very cool i i I totally like stuff like that you know i gotta ask you for honor honor of kings and it's i got yeah i got some notes but i I am i want to hear you talk about it the i hope i pronounce this right the high you theme is yeah okay close yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Talk about that. Uh, you know, I, I mean, everything I've heard, I really, really like. So I can only imagine. I think I would probably like this one, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I've worked on that game for seven, seven years about now Wow, for a long time. But it's um, it's awesome, man. It's like because like uh, most of the music I'm doing are these new character sets that come out. And I do a couple cinematics as well for the game that they do all these like lore cinematics that are really fun. There, there's also been some characters that I've done that have gone through evolutions. So another another one, there's a character named Yi Xing, who's like this boy, and he's like he's like a genius chess player, but then he's got some like social issues and he's just like really quiet and reserved and just like kind of into his own mind and everything. And that was a really fun character to work on. I wrote a theme for him, I, I can't remember, five, five years ago or something like that. And then they came out with a new skin for him uh, maybe like two years ago, and I got to use his original themes and update it with a new skin of music. That was really fun. This Hayuya character was also she was super fun. That I got way into writing her music. Just that that harmonic style too is like I felt like writing her music. That was like that's my favorite kind of music. <laughs> so I just felt like I was writing what I wanted to hear more than anything else. You know, I mean the the game scores I've heard it's almost cinematic. Uh, the way you bring in oh, kind of almost a little old school where the strings and just it just kind of glides you along musically. And you know, I can only imagine when it's with the picture, you know, what it was. And I actually did see some of those, even some of the battle scenes. And it was like, oh, wow, it really makes it very cinematic for a game. It's I, I, one thing that's impressed me how much. The scoring of games has just gotten so amazing. Oh yeah, it's it's really wild. With with Honor of Kings too, most of the music because they are these character themes, they're actually they're like divorced from the picture of of stuff. So it's not something something you're hearing in game. It's something you're hearing in the menus, and okay. then it's also music that's being used promotionally with the artwork uh. and stuff. Like that. So honestly, when it's writing the music, it's just like I'll pull up artwork and pictures and just just go, you know, and just make music for listening for for listening's sake you know it's not to serve 
like a, a a picture or hit sync points or anything. It's just to make pretty music. You know, that's 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 why I really love working on that that game. Mm-hmm. I, every time I work on something, it's it's like I get to just write music, and that's that's kind of it. Scoring games, I've always heard that compared to motion pictures or even television, there's there's a ton of music that has to be done. Is that is that about right? Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah, games too. Like it's pretty. It's pretty wall to wall music too. Like films will also have a lot of silence and stuff. It's very it's rare that games have complete silence. Even when it's you're not really noticing it, it's very just like ambient music, really sparse and drawn out. And then you only really have like some hard hitting thematic scenes when it when it needs to come out. But but the majority of the music are, is just like kind of sitting in the background. And even when you're not noticing it, it's, it is there. So there is most games have you know hours of score. You know, whereas most yeah. movies are even hours long you know like yeah what what's interesting too is i noticed like for some of the japanese style games that actually are in japanese you mm-hmm. you you could easily go and go full you know full japan you know you can kind of go and do it that way but i'd like that you just kind of hint at it and i think that and and you mix it together with like i guess a more western style and i think that really works it's still you're you're watching the picture. You're already there, and then the music just kind of gently nudges nudges you along. And I really like that part. Oh well, thanks. I'm trying to think if I've actually done any Japanese games. I don't think I've ever done a Japanese game. Okay, but I mean, I've seen on your site they're speaking Japanese. So. A lot of Chinese. Oh, Chinese. So, oh, okay. That I that I worked on is in the Chinese market. So Honor of Kings is a Chinese game. Oh, okay. Goes yeah. to show you, I don't you know even though I. <laughs> Even though I have, uh, my nieces are both half Chinese, but, I, you know, they speak a little Mandarin, but not very much. Oh, that's, but, that's awesome. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I went super hard into, into that whole side of it. Cause when I, when I started working, um, working with Tencent, which is a Chinese company and working on these games that are released, majority of the Tencent games are released in the Chinese market. I, I did want to do a bit of research to get into it and just like, you know, I knew, some of the instruments and stuff, but I didn't really fully understand the culture and the music and stuff. So I went really hard into like learning <laughs> like a lot. So I, I went to China a ton of times. I, I learned Mandarin. So I speak fluent Mandarin now. Wow. Great. My wife is from China too. And you know, there you go. When I met her, she didn't speak any English and we were only talking Mandarin and um, watched tons of movies, listened to tons of music. And I just got really into it. Like I've got Chinese instruments all over the place. So I got really into the Chinese music thing for a while. And then um, that's, that's helped, you know, my writing in, in China. But like you're saying though, yeah, it is, it, it, there is definitely a blend too, because like the more Western, like Hollywood sound has yeah. been so influential around the world that it, it's kind of like, it's become the staple of what these like epic, you know, fantasy games have kind of become. So finding a way to merge those while still kind of like respecting Chinese culture and stuff is been actually super fun a lot of the characters will be based on different elements of culture too so some of the characters are come from chinese history or from chinese folklore and legends and stuff and then some some of the characters are from different cultures around the world too so i like that mixing all that together is really neat yeah Uh, you also score vr games and i guess vr you're wearing a headset so Mm -hmm. the music you know any any flaws you would definitely hear so mm-hmm. I guess that's part of the challenge of really, you know, scoring something for VR. 
Is it like video games that you have to do a lot of music as well? It's it depends on the game because VR has such a wide style. I I don't know how much VR game stuff you got into, but uh, oh, I've I've done a few. I've actually yeah. uh, I you, I know you scored a Star Trek game. I've actually done uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew. I tried that out at a, at a convention, and that was that was a that was a blast. And I, and we've done things where we were at an airport and we tried Apple's Facebook's. Uh, you know their VR system, and we and it was amazing. It was really amazing. So I like it a lot. It it's just like a lot of people. I'm waiting for the prices to go down a little bit, and then I'll invest in something like that. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a it's been a weird weird space too because there's like so much like R and D going on, and like I feel like there's still trying to figure out like perfect games for vr too yeah. there's some games that are tried to be adapt to vr that just they don't work well and then there's yeah. some that are just they're like with, if they're made with vr in mind they can do some really really cool fun things mm-hmm. and music is kind of on that that same token too where it's like most of the vr games are these experiences where they're trying to really deeply immerse you so the music just tends to you know serve that purpose and you're just trying to sit in the background and just create these ambient moods and not draw too much attention to itself mm-hmm. but then there's some other things that are like fun you know because the the cool thing about vr is like you know the head tracking you can look around yeah and there, for some things you you can have the music stick out and be like part of the gameplay and pan things around the world so you can like actually look around and hear the music moving around your head like you know that's kind of fun so yeah We've done a, both approaches. So. Sci-fi talk returns in a moment. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've at the Tribeca Film Festival, they have like a, a VR lab that they do. And I, I played uh, Doctor Who Runaway. And that was, you're on board the TARDIS. And she even gives you the, the sonic screwdriver. And I was like in heaven playing that. It was great. And Jodie Whittaker actually did her voice. And they had like an artist doing the mocap her but that was really cool star trek remnant uh musically were you allowed to incorporate any of the star trek music or did you have to come up with your own oh yeah yeah you know i i got to use some of the the big themes and it was like the from the 2009 oh yeah sure sure that's that's where we we draw most like the the yes (laughs) that's right so yeah all, all that stuff and like the the theme was that it was michael giacchino right Yes, it sure was. Yeah. So I got to use that theme, which was super fun. Yeah, that was cool. That that game was more of like a a fixed linear experience. Yeah. That was like pretty much like locked to a timeline. So it was almost scored like a movie. Yet there were interactive elements that would decide where you would end up. So there would be like multiple endings. So the music was mostly linear and it would branch off and have different different endings. But that was super fun because that style is just like yeah cool <laughs> yeah just, yeah and then men in black too yeah. you had to do one of those too yes same company uh, similar deal yeah and you were able to incorporate some of the themes from there too oh yeah danny elfman's fun fun yeah wild. it's a great score so yeah that was that was fun I, I learned a lot doing those actually really yeah yeah that's styles i write in very often so I, I felt like i got to to be able to study the score a bit and then use some of those themes and try to you know mimic Danny Elfman's style and stuff, I, I felt like it influenced my writing a lot. Speaking of writing, when you do write, how do you do it? I mean, these days, I've talked to composers that still do it longhand. I've talked to some that use tablets. 
how does it work for you? For me, because of like uh, the speed of workflow, it's like everything's in computer nowadays. Yeah. So writing by pen and paper, besides it just being like hard, and I I, I grew up in a generation where like no one was really doing that. But, <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I, I used to do it for some of my own personal music. So like the the choral arrangement, actually, Liar, Liar, Oh Liar. That's that one on, on my website. Uh, you did yeah. that. I did that one mostly pen and paper because that was just a personal thing for me. That was fun. I wrote a long time ago, like in college, and then I just ended up recording it later. But uh, but now just because the speed of of work, I go totally on my piano and I record a piano sketch into my DAW, which I use Pro Tools. Wow. So I'll just everything out into that and then i have my piano midi set up and i mute that and i just look at the notes and i'll orchestrate each individual line to the piano midi so it usually just starts on the piano so it's incredible how how much composing has changed since the old days yeah, it's, it's so fast now is the way you can do things and then also because of the ease of converting midi to a score to well f- first of all most of the music we deliver is not even full orchestra recorded. Wow. Like some of the music, like most of the Honor of King stuff, we do full orchestra live. It's it's amazing. But a lot of the other things that don't have the budget for that or smaller things, we'll just, you know, just use the MIDI. And the MIDI mock-ups are pretty dang good nowadays. So it's like, it doesn't, doesn't matter too much. So all in the DAW is really easy to do. And then also when you go to recording, all that MIDI is already set up. We can send that to the orchestrator and they can easily make the score out of that. So it's just, it's just fast. It's convenient. I like, I feel like only John Williams is, has the, not, oh. not only the talent, but also the privilege of being able to only use pen and paper and go from there. Cause us lowly working class composers, we, we need to deliver great sounding mock-ups, you know? We yeah, just, no, I, yeah. As, <laughs> but no, I tell you, you're on your way. You really are. Um, kind of tell me what it's like when you're on that stage and they're recording with an orchestra. Maybe you're not conducting. Maybe you're just there to just oversee everything and just oh, yeah. make sure everything sounds right. What's that I like? I mean, would, to hear it live like that is just amazing. It's really, it's very cool. Like, first of all, it's, it's very cool. It's like hard stuff. It's so fun. Recording live is super, super fun. I will say though, I, for so long, I had like this fantasy of what recording a live orchestra would be like, and then going and actually doing it my first time, to- just totally different experience. It's just, it's like in both, it's very cool and very fun and exciting, but also not hearing it the way I was expecting to hear it. When I was thinking about it, when I'm writing, I'm like, I was always thinking, man, this would sound so much better live. This would sound so much better live. And then sometimes you hear it live and you're like, oh man, I got to, I got to change my writing. You know, it's just like, that that didn't sound quite as cool as when the computer was playing it, you know, because it's, the computer can do anything you ask it to, you know, think about the individual things, the players. So then writing for the beauty of like real musicians and real musicianship is just kind of another art that you have to pick up after a while, but it, it it is awesome still. It's so fun. And then um we record all the time in Salt Lake City, Utah. And we've got a bunch of friends over there that we like last year we were probably doing two recording sessions a month <laughs> with like live orchestra. So we were recording oh, it wow. they've gotten really good and it's just gotten this great process and everybody's having a blast. The music always turns out amazing. So it's just it's it's really fun. Mm. <laughs> it, it is cool. <laughs> 
Well, what's interesting about your background is you actually started on one instrument, but then you started playing different instruments. I would think that would really help your composing by spending time on different instrumentations rather than just being like a piano player, for example. Like as far as orchestration goes, like when I was really getting heavy into studying orchestration, like I knew I would never be good at any instrument, (laughs) but I could like play a lot of them to a degree, just so much as I would know kind of what is possible and what is idiomatic for an instrument and what I could write for. Cause like, I mean, I have like a trombone and trumpet sitting over in the record in the corner over there. Like I can't play them at all, but learning to play a couple scales on them and learning like how the harmonic series works at least can give me a feeling of how to write for it. Another, another wild one to write for over there is you see that little dark Brown one. Oh yeah. 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 That's called a Guchin. And it's like a really, really old Chinese zither. Oh, wow. It's a really interesting instrument where like there's no frets. It's just played right on the board and it's done with your fingers and it's very quiet. It's like a super quiet instrument and you have to put it on a sounding board or like a table to actually get nice resonance out of it. It's also uses a lot of harmonics out of it and just like learning to play that helped a lot because I arranged some music for a lot of my Chinese work for that instrument. And if I didn't know how to play it, at least to like a a tiny degree, it it would be so much harder to try to come up with something really cool and unique for the instrument. So learning, I just studying, even if I can't get good at them, I could usually get good enough to record like two seconds of music at a time and then record this second and then this second. (laughs) So so on on an average, how scoring a game, for example, how long from the begin from the very first time you step into it till you finishes, how long is that process? It yeah, it totally depends. Cause there's some games, and actually most of the type of games I work on are live service games. So they're pushing updates constantly. So oh. Modern Kings, like I said, I've been working on that game for seven years. That game's only been out for eight eight, eight years, I think. So it's like, or it has been out for eight years and they're still pushing content for it. You know, like every wow. week there's a new patch, a new character, a new zone, a new whatever, you know, so that always needs new music. So, but I'm not consistently working on it. You know, I'll, I'll work on it every couple of weeks, you know, as, as new, new content comes in. So it's kind of hard to say <laughs> some things like some games I'll literally touch for a day or two and then I'm done. I never see, I never see the game again. Cause I just worked on a couple little pieces of music. Some games like this, I've worked on for a very long time. Some more linear games, again, it, it just help, it, it always depends with the release schedule. They'll do like early access things. I won't see the game for a year. It'll come back, and then I'll, I'll work on it really hard for a couple months, and I won't see it again for another six months, and then work really hard on it. You know, it just it's impossible to say. You know, <laughs> go from a day to you know decades probably. So, <laughs> so is there a favorite instrument you have? favorite instrument um piano is like my favorite just because it's the most versatile and i can play anything on as far as just like this thing right here but i've got two of them but that those uh zithers oh zithers okay yeah it's called a gujung ah another old chinese thing it's kind of like the child of that old dark okay there you go predecessor to this guy okay that's just like magic man 
you like it, I, I always we always joke at the studio it's just like cheating like you just play that thing and it just it just sounds good no matter what like i mean if i just like just like it just <laughs> it just always i don't even know if you can hear that in the mics but it just yeah, sounds it's really quiet yeah it's beautiful it's like you just yeah. put it on anything and the way it records it's so like crisp and sharp and like and it's got it's just tuned pentatonically you know so you tune it to whatever key you're in and you can't hit a wrong note just it's just it's just beautiful <laughs> Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. You know, you were like literally right out of school. Then you started working for Hixani, a uh, video, audio rather. Uh, mm -hmm. That usually doesn't happen very often. So I obviously they saw something in you that they wanted to hire you. Right, yeah, right out of school is a weird, a weird thing. Because like I, uh, I, I dropped out of high school. So I, or I didn't, I didn't fully drop out. I tested out of high school two years early. So when I was 16, I went to like a community college and I studied some music there and I did that for, for like two years. And then I just started teaching private lessons for like teaching a bunch of different instruments. And I was playing in a band at the time too. And I just always wanted to do game music. And I, uh, so what I started doing was putting prompts together of like, um, I would just like find some artwork I liked or just like find a zone for a game that I would think. And I'll just start writing game music, game sounding music. And I just created a portfolio of stuff that I thought sounded pretty, pretty cool. I also got really into the sound design side of it. You know, took some games captures and then try to create my own sound effects and like use. Nice. Nice. Just like try to record my own stuff. And that just, I, I had kind of a, portfolio put together. And then Richard Ludlow, who's my business partner now, he had founded Hexany at his school in Berkeley, Berkeley College of Music. And um, kind of funny story, when I was 16, right when I left high school, I applied to go to Berkeley and they didn't let me in, which was, which was kind of funny. But the but Richard was just moving out to LA with his business partner at the time. And they were just starting this company and they were looking for their first employee and I applied for that and I ended up getting that job because they wanted somebody who did both music and sound design. Okay. And then as the company started growing, we got more sound designers and I it was a, a better composer than I was a sound designer. So I went focused purely on onto music. And then, yeah, we've just kind of grown the company from there. It's been. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, gaming is to me, it's another form of entertainment. I game. I game a lot. I really do. I love it. It's just you're so immersive. Every decision, especially in a fantasy or a superhero game uh, or even whatever type of game, whatever decision you make impacts what happens. And that's what I like about it. It's mm -hmm. like you you can go in so many different directions and you might die a million times, but you might learn something in the process. Too. Yeah, no, video games are art, man. It's yeah, like you really are. They really are. And and. And the technology to capture faces now is just unbelievable. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. Crazy. I'm glad games are finally getting respected kind of on the same level as, as like film and, uh, you know, other media, because it, it really should be. Video games have like gotten to a level to where it's just like, they're just beautiful, man. They're, they're very. Oh, cool. yeah. No question. So everybody should visit MatthewEarl.com. There's samples of his music there. You get to hear. Matthew Carl Earl. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Carl, excuse me, MatthewCarlEarl.com. And there's samples of his music. And uh, I mean, it's some great stuff. And some of it to picture, which is really cool. And really shows you, he, there's a list of all your credits. 
it would take a half hour or more to go through all of them, <laughs> but uh, it goes to show you how prolific you are. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and talking about your music. You're obviously very talented and, uh, you know, whatever you want to do, if you want to continue with games or branch out into films, I don't think you'll have any trouble with either. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. Fun talking. It was a pleasure. You take care. And it's MatthewCarlEarl.com. So got it right. <laughs> Check it out. And thank you. Pleasure to have you. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Bye-bye.